0: In popular culture, Afrofuturism is best known by its sci-fi imagery, depicting the African diaspora utilizing technology as a tool of empowerment or an imagining that employs otherworldly environments to emphasize the alienation popularized by the work of Sun Ra. Maybe many enter the world of Afrofuturism through the gateway located in Wakanda, In whatever ways you have come to this place where African diasporic culture meets at the crossroads of speculation, one central question must have crossed your mind. How can I create this future I see so vividly depicted by many but understood well by few? This guiding question is at the center of our meditation. How can we create the Afro future? It is a deceptively simple question, I would hear asked by my community members, looking for themselves in an uncertain world. Certainly, the concepts being popularized through the works of Afrofuturist artists are not new. Somehow though, through our radical imagining, they are being felt in new ways. It's my understanding that this radical imagining of blackness in the future cannot be what is intended to be without the full participation of everyone searching for a world outside of the one we are presented every day a world where blackness can grow in creativity and peace a world where the focus of our lives is centered in practices that encourage innovation without requiring assimilation Ah but therein lies the rock, A phrase that means, that's where the problem is. How do we imagine a world of peace when we do not exist in peaceful times? How do we utilize our culture when, through assimilation, we forget what that culture looked like? How does the African diasporic community participate in the innovation industry when we are locked out of innovation and creative practices at every turn? So often it feels like these questions are overwhelming, especially for those who wish to use the creativity of Afrofuturism in their lives, whether it be through homeschooling, organizing, community outreach, or artistic practice. If these questions resonate deep within you, then I want you to breathe. Breathe deeply, breathe again, and know we got this. Now join me as I meditate on all the ways we can use our imagination and creativity to design the future. I look forward to what we create. the Afrofuturists who are making impactful work are black women mm-hmm. and i in my opinion is i just think uh it's like y'all have ignored black women's mm-hmm. studies for so long mm-hmm. and now we have like su- such a huge body of work that's a hundred percent relevant mm-hmm. and the whole what is it like i remember this is one class at the saic it's called uh, feminism as practice
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but you just take this idea that Black women have always practiced this, mm-hmm. uh, like, or have always embodied this, like, we don't want to live in a racist society. Mm-hmm. We want to raise our families in a way that allows them to be creative and happy and loving. Mm-hmm. So we've created these objects and we've created these practices. And then when Black women start getting PhDs, they're like, now we're writing it down. Right. So it's like, a, in my opinion, like a full practice. Mm-hmm. It's like it goes from like you actually are doing this mm-hmm. to now we're writing it down to now we're canonizing it. Mm-hmm. And now it's coming back in a political way.
1: Right.
0: And mm-hmm. and again, that's a, a, for me, that's the only reason that's the only education right there. Yeah. Because every other education is kind of like, oh, I'm going to theorize this before you even do anything. Mm -hmm. I'm going to theorize about, like, what is it like to be a black person in the future? Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, with black women, we're like, we've already worked. We've already, we've seen the arc of time. Right. You
1: know? (laughs) But but we sit at the top of the arc of time and say, i can theorize about how to make this arc higher. Yeah. Right? Because I've already seen the top of it. Right? And so now we're up there, we're like could
0: make a thing i (laughs) could make it sometime earlier this year i had a conversation with dr tanisha taylor on the educational experiences of black people in america we spoke on the use of education for class attainment the experience of a classical education that included exploration of the world through the arts, and how this experience has been, for both her and I, uh, an experience that contributed to the ability to create and think about the world. However, the ways the American K-12 public school system has changed since the No Child Left Behind Act has lessened children's access to models for high-level thinking. Today, the innovation ecosystem is filled with people who have had classical educations, but the K-12 education system that's public-facing is increasingly focused on training, not education. Black education, however, has mostly been family-based, when you think about it, most of the history of education in America has been about segregation and alienating African-Americans. Like Malcolm Gladwell said, it's not that we had bad black teachers. It's just that we had schools that were underfunded and therefore much of the education experience of black families had to come from within the black family. Thus, In our history, we have models that show how to teach ourselves information. In this episode, I want to focus on something super specific in an education story, which is what is it like to experience education from a generational standpoint in a Black family? I asked this question to a brilliant, funny, just so evocative student. Her name is Janiah Britton, and she actually worked as an intern for Artivism Community Art um, during the pandemic. Um, she is currently majoring in communications at Texas Southern University. And this question I'm asking her is the question that I'm asking everyone, all of us, which is, what is your education story and how has it affected your creativity? With that Take it away,
1: Janaya. Hello, how are you? Um, My name is Janaya Britton and I am here to present my um, project on my family's education as well as my own. Um, I've entitled it Black Bold and Brilliant. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, I feel like you gotta start with the present to work your way down the path. So I decided to start with myself. Um, I received my primary education in the state of Texas. Um, I moved around a lot growing up, so I went to a lot of different schools, um, and I had to experience a lot of different um, ethnic and racial demographics. So um, I went really back and forth between Beeville, which is where my family is from, what I consider my hometown, and then um, schools in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, which is where I was born and where my immediate family lives. So I started off in Head Start at Ann Burke in Beeville, Texas. Um, I was actually learning a bit of Spanish there, so that's cool. Um, I skipped pre-K and went straight to kindergarten. So I went to kindergarten and first grade in Sam, at Sam Houston Elementary School in Denton, Texas. It's predominantly white. Um, second and third grade was at Rolling Hills Elementary School in Lancaster, Texas, which is um, my first experience at a predominantly black school. Fourth grade at Atwood McDonald in Fort Worth, which was also a predominantly black school. Um, Fifth grade at R.A. Hall Elementary School in Beeville. Um, Beeville has mainly predominantly Hispanic schools all through and through. And then sixth grade, I went to Moreno Middle School, which is sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade, and then after I went there, I went to Hutchinson Junior High, which is in Arlington, Texas, and there, like, um, their elementary schools, like, they end at sixth grade, so my junior high was seventh grade and eighth grade. Um, it was a mixed crowd, pretty much, but I feel like um, there weren't a lot of, <laughs> there were not a lot of white people, like, I only really remember like one person that was white in um, junior high, but it was primarily like Asians um, and Black people and Hispanic people. Um, And so now it's not even there anymore. It's actually a career development building now. Um, So yeah. And then my high school career, I went to James Bowie High School from 9th through 12th. And that was another diverse school. So the white people were considered the other um, instead of the minorities, which is typically what happens. So um, it was predominantly Asian, Hispanic, and Black. Um, But I think that was my first like real experience. Well, Hutch too, but like that was my first full-on experience of like experiencing um, different backgrounds of Blackness. I think we always talk about how vast Blackness is, but like to see like people come from different places. Um, you know, I had a lot of like friends that were African and they were from different countries and spoke different languages and were from different tribes. Um, a lot of their parents were, they came here and then they were born here or they moved to the United States when they were young. So that was interesting for me. So my school experience Um, I definitely enjoyed school a lot social-wise and education-wise. I've never had like a bad teacher really. Um, A lot of my teachers definitely had a positive influence on me. Um, They all cared about me as an individual as well as making sure that I had a good education uh, along with my peers. Um, As I was saying, I definitely enjoyed school a lot. I did well socially. I did well in my classes. um, I had a lot of great teachers that were devoted to my personal growth as well as my um, educational growth. Um, I was very close to um, staff um, which I don't feel like a lot of people like to really get close to the staff but I would always like talk to them and you know check on them and things of that nature. Um, I was a very intelligent student. I was in pre-AP, AP classes. I was um, considered for the gifted and talented program at RA Hall, um, just different things like that, but I had, you know, I had uh, the gift of gab, so so if I didn't do as well in a class or something, I could, you know, talk myself out of getting getting a terrible grade or whatever. Like, I was not the best at math. I really excelled in, like, Reading, writing, English, and history; those were my um, those were my favorite subjects in school. Um, I had a good social life. I didn't have problems with making friends. Um, I pretty much fit into any friend group, no matter who it was, um, unless they were unless they were doing something like way too crazy I mean, that wasn't for me. Um, but I always was the kind of person that would stand up for my beliefs and stand up for, you know, somebody else, like another classmate. Um, I never hesitated for that kind of stuff. For example, um, in second grade, I got this fairy book at the book fair. And the next day I went to school and I decided to, you know, try out this book because it had instructions on how to call fairies or whatever. So me and my friends went out during the playground, during a Recess, I mean, at the playground. And um, there are these two girls that came up to us and, you know, decided to charge us up about believing in fairies and they thought it was lame. So I actually took it upon myself to march to the office and tell the principal um, that these girls were basically bullying me and my friends um and then afterwards I came back and my teacher was mad at me for leaving I just you know I was like well have to do it has to be done so I've always been that kind of person um I never really got into trouble in school unless it was like you talk you're talking too much or you know things along those lines or dress code so as far as how I feel about education it's definitely important to me um I feel like that's something that Nobody can take away from you. I feel like education is freedom. Um, And I'm very passionate about being involved in school as well. Um, I've enjoyed my formal education, like in grade school, but I always felt like there was something more. I would kind of feel kind of dissatisfied with my curriculum that was being, you know, dealt out or whatever. Um, I knew immediately at a young age that education system is not built for people that look like me, Um, it does not serve people that look like me, and um, it doesn't truly equip you for the outside world, especially as a Black person, Um, and then growing up, like, as time went on, it started to become more and more about test scores and less about um, the individual and that always bothered me um or open-mindedness or you know being creative that always bothered me growing up so I always wanted a curriculum to be taught that really fit me as a person Um, because I'm a very creative person I express myself outwardly um, through a lot of different creative things so these standardized tests obviously don't work for me and so I would get bored I couldn't even do an assigned reading, and I love reading, but like when it was assigned, it was just <laughs> a different a different experience for me. Um, I was never concerned about being at the top or having the best grades. I mean, I wanted good grades for myself, but like I didn't really care about being salutatorian or valedictorian. Like I just wanted to do things that I was passionate about, and I just wanted to um, basically... Pretty much get out of school so i can really do what i wanted to do um as far as my career a family influence so my family is very passionate about education um, a lot of them feel like education like i said is freedom education is something that will get you through um the door and Um, will connect you to the world and will bring you a lot of good opportunities. My mom definitely had a big influence on me. I feel like I got more out of the things that she taught me outside of school than what I got out of my formal education. She was very adamant on just showing me like the beauty in life. Like we would go to museums, we'd go to local fashion shows, concerts, open mics. Sometimes like she would even take me out of class and we would go somewhere and I would get my education in another format. Like we'd go to an art museum or what, whatever the case may be. She would also bring me um, to her college too. I'm sorry, there's some noise outside, but um, yeah, she would bring me with her to college. So I got to see that experience as well. Um, My mom, she always encouraged me to just do the best that I could, um, to do things that I was good at and that I was passionate about, um, and to just hone into my creativity. She helped me see like the beauty of life, um, more specifically the beauty of blackness and that there is more for us and more for myself than what the education system was showing. Um, she was extremely present in my formal education, in my extracurricular, li- extracurricular life. Um, she was a younger parent. She had me when she was 17. And so a lot of the teachers and the parents kind of looked at her funny because she was a younger mom, but she always, you know, stood her ground and still remained present despite that. And so eventually um, teachers and other older parents would like look at her differently. So I always respected her for that. Um, My immediate family is extremely supportive um, when it comes to my educational journey. Like anything that I'm doing, any creative project that I do, like they're always for it. Um, Even though like my family is, as far as school, like their big thing is sports. I'm not a sports person. Um, A lot of my family members are very creative. We've got a lot of painters, a lot of singers, people who play instruments, people who um, design. Like my mom is really into fashion design and things like that. Um, I'm not much of a sports person. All of them play sports and I'm the only one that uh, didn't or I did for a short period of time. But they don't care about that. As long as I'm doing well in school and I'm doing the things that I love to do, then that's all that matters to me. School involvement. Um, I had a good balance of school involvement. I wasn't able to uh, be at school as often as I probably would have. Um, I had a, like, I didn't have reliable transportation because my mom would typically be at work around the time they would have after-school activities, Um, but that was still not necessarily, like, a problem because she was still go out of her way to make sure like somebody could pick me up or she would sometimes have to leave her job um, for a little bit just to pick me up from um, school after school if I was doing something. So yeah, but my primary transportation would be either to like walk to school or to ride the bus in high school. I rode the bus a lot and in junior high, so. Yeah, but I was involved in a lot of things. Um, (laughs) As far as before, before junior high, I wasn't able to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in choir, but I was still in my church choir. I participated in UIL competitions. I did one for storytelling when I was in elementary. I did a lot of like singing competitions and writing competitions. Um, I was in an oratorical competition for, uh, in second grade, I read a Langston Hughes poem and I won first place. I ran for student council in middle school and in high school. And then I ran for prom queen. I won the best dressed award for your straight and the best dressed girl in my graduating class. And I also was able to sing the national anthem at a school football game. I was involved in choir from seventh grade to 12th grade. Um, In high school, I was in the junior varsity choir, which is like basically like the top choir. It was a girls junior varsity choir. So if you're in this particular choir, like you're basically in, you're gonna be in varsity. And then we have a cappella choir in high school as well. So I was in that during my sophomore year. So immediately after I was in, junior varsity choir i was in um the acapella choir and varsity choir at the same time and even before then i was in um junior varsity choir oh yeah junior varsity choir in seventh and eighth grade so this is just (laughs) photos of me and my extracurricular life um some of these photos are of me like after uil competitions I also did uh, theater as well. I was in a college play in Beeville for the production of Oklahoma. So that's down there. I was in AVID, I forgot to mention that, which is like a college, um, I guess a, um especially like a club or really like a course that you can take that will prepare you for college. So I was in that from eighth grade to, I believe like 10th grade. All right, so we talked about myself. Now I'm going to talk about my mom and her educational journey. So these are just photos of her from when she was a kid, when she was young and her now. Um, So my mom, she experienced racism and prejudice um, in her elementary school. Um, from teachers. She was usually the only Black kid in her elementary school, and this was in Beeville. So any Black history discussion that they would have, like, for example, when they start talking about slavery, like, she had to be, I guess, the face of those awkward conversations because she was the only Black kid, let alone a Black girl. Um, There's one time that she talked to me about that, one of her teachers actually um, insinuated that her grandmother was a slave during a lecture about Black history. And the teacher was actually older than um, her grandmother, or my great grandmother. Um, so she would, she always had to check her grades because she felt as though like some of her teachers would cheat her out of a grade that she deserved and worked really hard on. So she would check her um, assignments herself to make sure that they wouldn't try and cheat her out of um, a good grade. Excuse me. And so as far as what she did, she was very heavily involved in sports. So her feelings on education. My mom's name is Crystal um she considers herself to be a lifelong learner um and that's very true she's always researching things she loves googling things we actually both have google battles to see who can uh, (laughs) who can research something the fastest um in school she would finish her class assignments early so she also felt this feeling of feeling bored with her curriculum so she would sometimes like play hooky after she would finish her assignments um, in grade school. Cause she just didn't, she didn't feel challenged by the curriculum. like She always felt like there was something more. Um, so I can definitely relate to that, like wanting more as far as the curriculum and kind of having to search for that yourself. Um, her most meaningful school experiences were with black teachers or when she was surrounded by black peers, she felt like her teachers cared a lot more about her education and her as an individual rather than her experiences when she was, you know, um, experiencing an all white curriculum or being taught by white teachers. So as far as her involvement, she had a booming social life in high school. Um, She was very stylish, she always talks about Her looks back in school, or really not just in high school, but just all all throughout school. Um, She was very serious about um, her personal style and she still is. Um, She wasn't really involved in much clubs. Um, In elementary, they had a initiative where they brought in a whole bunch of different clubs. So she was super excited about that. Um, and she joined a few, but the initiative was very short-lived. Um, Aside from that, she was historian in student council while she was in junior high and high school. She really only participated in sports. Um, She's most known for running track. Um, She did track and field. So yeah, that was basically her um, only constant involvement as far as school. Um, She was just really, um, she just really loved doing sports. more specifically track and field her parents influence. so her parents were not very involved in her schooling she kind of had to take it upon herself to be passionate about school it was just known that education was important um and if you didn't come home with high grades then um you'd be punished but not punished in the sense of like physical punishment i think it's it's really more so of a reputation thing like I feel like in the Black family, like when you're doing good, you're doing very good. And people are going to talk about how good you're doing. But when you're doing bad, then they look at you differently sometimes. Um, And having such an amazing family as we do, like I feel like sometimes um, we can be a victim of those things. Um, So yeah, having, I guess, low grades Especially in her eyes, was a sign that you know you didn't have like a good in-family reputation. Um, and then on top of that, our family is well known in Beeville, which is where she, you know, primarily got her early education. So because of that, because um, her grandmother was well known, our family as a whole was well known because we, um, like my grandmother. And her siblings, like, they did really well in school. They were very involved. They played a lot of sports. Um, So, yeah. And so she didn't want to, like, ruin the family reputation as a whole. um, On the outside, because, with her, you know, if she got any bad grades. So she really strived for success. She strived for the best. Um, And it wasn't just necessarily that, that drove her to want to succeed. She just wanted to succeed because she simply wanted to succeed. My mom is a competitive person. (laughs) So um, yeah, she definitely strived for the best in that. Um, But yeah, our family, like I said, value sports. They value being involved and they value furthering your education. So aside from, yeah, as I mentioned, like aside from her family influence or her parents' influence. She just wanted to succeed and she set her own standard for herself more so than, you know, outside expectations, um, but still those things came to play. So next we're going to move on to her older brother, my uncle who I call Unkiant. So that's, that's his pictures, that's him now, um, yeah. So, Unky and school experience. So my uncle received his primary education in the state of Texas, just like my mom did. He hated school, like He had no trouble tell me, telling me that he hated school, but he did enjoy learning. Um, he was a part of a lot of different gifted and talented programs. He moved a lot. Him and my mom moved around a lot as kids as well. So I can relate to that too. But each time, like he was a part of the gifted and talented program or an honors program, he actually never attended an all black school, which I found interesting. Um, But although he didn't complete his college education, he had a more impactful experience with the curriculum. He actually talked about a teacher who taught history. And before then, he hated history. But when this professor spoke about, um, history it gave him a new perspective of it and it made him appreciate it more so i think he um, had more of an appreciation of formal education when he took that class his opinion on education he valued it but once again he didn't like school um, his passion to learn was really what made him go keep going to school pretty much um like I was talking about with my mom, like their parents didn't really, um, counsel them on education. I think it was just kind of like a known thing. Like, of course they would express like, it's important. Um, I think a lot of the, as far as my family, like you really did not have a choice, but to go to school and to further your education or at least like complete high school. Um, but yeah, like, both of them really took it upon themselves to strive for better or to receive a good education and make the most out of it. Um, so now, as far as his educational journey, as I said, he didn't complete college, but he really just like, it's it's very more so spiritual. Um, he likes to learn about black spirituality and black history. Um, those are the main things. And I feel like because he does that, because he didn't really have that experience of being with um, Black peers or having a lot of Black teachers. Like, So I think a theme with my family is that we're all lifelong learners and we see the importance of Black history and how it's missing in our formal education. But he feels like... As far as if it prepared him, he feels like yes and no. It prepared you for some things, but not everything, obviously. He wasn't really involved in a lot of clubs, but he did play basketball and football. He had a brief moment in junior high where he was involved in clubs, but mainly his involvement in school was playing sports. As I said before, his parents valued education, but they were not involved. Um, they didn't really counsel him. I think, like I said before, it was just something that was overall known that it was important, but it wasn't like forced, well not necessarily forced, they didn't like throw it in their face all the time. Um, to get a great great education or, you know, take advantage of the education that they're receiving at school. They really just took it upon themselves. Um, so yeah, he, had, as I said before, he hated it, but he just loved to learn. So next up we have my grandmother, who I call Granny. So her school experience, um, she also got her education, her primary education in the state of Texas, mainly in, really in Beeville, honestly. That's where she got all of her education, more specifically. Um, she, one of her fondest memories in school was learning sign language. So she actually taught me how to sign and then she taught my mother and my uncle as well. So that's something that she learned and really appreciated and also passed down. Um, She also talked about really appreciating a teacher in junior high teaching them about Greek gods and goddesses. I can definitely relate to that because I love learning about that kind of stuff too. Um, But I think at a very young age she realized that Black history was completely erased out of the curriculum. Like it was not taught at all. And she remembers her librarian telling her that she doesn't have to just settle for what's taught in the curriculum, but she can reach out and find books on information about Black history. Like she doesn't have to just learn about Texas history or US history. She can learn about Black history. Um, just because it's erased out of the curriculum does not mean. Um, It has to be erased for you. And so she started to seek out black history in her library and she would always wonder why black history was not taught in schools. Um, She had more black peers compared to my mom or my uncle. um, Like in the sense of like not she wasn't the only black kid Like most of the people that she went to school with were family members or people that she grew up with in church so yeah she basically it was as if they were a united front throughout the educational journey So I, she expressed that that really impacted positively impacted her school experience she feels like education is very important it's something that can't be robbed from you and it's a ticket to moving forward Um, it's the key to, she said it's the key to understand, comprehend and be able to reach generation after generation. So as far as her um, educational experience, she really got her education from Sunday school at the Baptist church that um, she grew up in and then school of course, formal education and then the books that she read in the library. She loved to read, Um, I was like her big thing. So if something was not taught in the curriculum, she would sought it out in the library instead. She strived to have high grades, but she was not focused on being valedictorian, salutatorian. Um, she said she was like the, in the top half of her class, but she feels like if she would have applied herself more as far as that, then she would have been at the top, but she didn't struggle um, in her assignments at all. Her involvement. She had a great social life um <laughs> definitely whenever we're at like a family function or what have you like she will literally sit there and talk to people for hours just about the good old days <laughs> like uh people are always coming up to her and being like linda 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 um yeah so you know she still has a booming social life um but she was definitely involved. She was a member of student council, a member of Girl Scouts of America. She actually gave me her old Girl Scouts of America handbook um, when I was younger. Um, She was um, a track and field athlete. She played softball and she also wrote for the school newspaper, but outside of school activities, she wrote poetry, she played the piano and she sang. She also wrote songs as well. Her parental influence so her mother and grandmother were her biggest influences in education they're both passionate about it um her grandmother was more so on the um her religious education or her spiritual education um more than anything so they really didn't have a choice to go to school like you absolutely had to go to school period and her mom used to tell her that Um, you weren't grown unless uh, you graduated from high school. Like she would tell all of uh, her, she would tell her and her siblings that like, if you have not graduated from high school, then you are not grown. And so she wanted to be grown as soon as possible. So that's really one of the things um, as a kid that fueled her to pursue her education and complete it. This is my great grandmother. So we're moving on to her. My grandmother's school experiences, she got her primary education in Beeville. Um, she attended the Lot Canada School that was started and built by her relatives. Oh, yeah. Um, who was it? Her granddad actually built the school, I believe. And then her great granddad is the one that started it. So her, our family name is Lot, I mean, it's Canada. <laughs> So yeah, let me go back. So yeah, our family name is Canada. Um, she loved that school because it was black taught. Um, she had black teachers. It was created by black people. She had black peers. The majority of them were like, like how I said for my grandmother, um, she also had like people who were her family members, or cousins and people that she just grew up with. Um, So, yeah, there was a lot of that. Um, And she felt like her teachers provided a very good education. They eventually had to integrate around that time, and she hated it. (laughs) She had no problem expressing that she hated it. She told me that she didn't like looking at Whitey all the time. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, she definitely expressed that um, with no problem. Um, she hated the transition because most of her teachers were prejudiced and racist towards her and her other black classmates. Um, she only had like one good teacher and, um, it was Spanish and he would, you know, he was in a wheelchair and every time they would have a test, like he'd ride, he'd put his wheelchair next to her or whatever. And, um, he would always like say like she was, you know, talking too much, so I guess she enjoyed that class. She really loved algebra. She loved to solve problems and she told me that it was better than eating ice cream. Um, So yeah, she was really big on math. I wish I picked up that gene, I really do. So these are photos of Lot Canada that I found. And then her education and how she feels about education. She has a high regard for education. Um, She feels like having an education and furthering your education um, more specifically uh, is very beneficial, especially when you're uh, Black. She always encourages her, she encourages her children, her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren to continue their education and she feels like her formal education was necessary, but it wasn't, it didn't really prepare her for life or to get a good job, especially if you're Black once again. Her involvement, it really only consisted of playing sports. Um, She played basketball and she ran track. Her parental influence, so her parents did not complete their educational journey. They didn't make it past ninth grade. So they made it uh, their mission to make sure that their children um, went to school. Um, they strongly believed in education. They wanted them to get all the education that they could get. Um, they, ended, Of course, since they stopped their educational journey early, they had to work. So yeah. That's one of the things that kind of drove them to really push their kids to excel in school and further education as much as they possibly could. Her mom attended Lock Canada too, which was named after her father, which is my three times great granddad Allen Canada. My paternal grandfather, um, my grants my family, my dad's side of the family is from uh, Georgia. Um, my gramps, he received his primary education in Reedsville, Georgia. He loved school. Um, he was very interested in technology and things like that. Um, he appreciated hands on learning the most. Um, he didn't have much of a social life because it really just consisted of him working his butt off. And um, he expressed that he always had time for family, um, no matter what. He was at the top of his class. So he obviously didn't have many issues in school as far as the work, Uh, but yeah, he didn't really, as I said before, he didn't have much of a social life. He was just focused on getting the bag. His education, his feelings on education, he takes it very seriously and he's always trying to learn. So he's also a lifelong learner. Um, He's always trying to remain open-minded when he is, learning new things and attaining new knowledge. He feels like his education, specifically his experiences with like educate education that focused on um, the things that he was passionate about career-wise, those are the things that helped him um, and prepared him for his success in the tech and the architectural world, excuse me. In school, he was involved in several clubs. Um, he was involved in the Boys Club, the FFA Club, which is Future Farmers of America, and the Beta Club. So most of the clubs that he was involved in were leadership-based. Um, so that's one one of the interesting things um, that I learned about him is that, yeah, he was he was definitely focused on <laughs> getting that job, getting that degree, getting that Um, diploma, getting that job or really career. And he's very successful in what he does. His parental influence. So his parents did not receive an education. So just like how I was talking about my great grandmother and her parents, his parents also made an effort to make sure that their kids went to school. So this, because they did not have a the full scope of education, of educational journey, he was motivated to complete high school and have a meaningful career. Last, but certainly not least, my stepdad. So my stepdad's name is Otis. um His full name, well, his first name is Otara Guinea. His primary education was in Nigeria. So he really, in school, he wanted to make a good impression in social settings. Um, so for him, it was hard to kind of like balance being friend, being a friend, being cool, being accepted by peers, and doing the right thing. Um, his mother was actually a teacher. So just imagine trying to be cool and trying to fit in, but having to focus on your education and um, trying to be in the good grace of your mother. Um, who is a teacher and an educator so he gained more of an appreciation for school when he was in university he went to um, university in the uk Um, but i feel like his appreciation was more so for the extracurricular activities so once he made this a college or he got older like he fully realized the scope that he could really do anything that he wants to do And, um, yeah, like he accepted the challenges in his life as far as education and just growing up and he, he turned it into something positive. And so, yeah, education, how he feels about it. So he appreciated schooling, um, especially while he was working. So he mainly talked about his college education, but he really appreciated it and um, especially when he was, you know, being a student and being a worker. So he saw the link between being grounded and, you know, having a positive payback from the work that you do, um, the work that you put in. Um, He knew that education was his ultimate goal and it led to um, prosperity, um, career-wise, personally, like, you name it. So, his experiences with learning in Africa and learning in the UK are completely different. He appreciates his formal education in Africa though, but he said that as far as learning in Africa or learning in Nigeria, um, they didn't have a lot of resources. So as far as the textbook, like he had to say everything verbatim from the textbook. Whereas when he was in the UK it was a bit more free-flowing and you have more resources so you can kind of um reverb the knowledge that you were receiving in lectures or receiving in textbooks his involvement so he was involved in a couple of um clubs mainly in college um one was the global leaders program which i thought was interesting because they were able to Gain leadership skills, but actually go to different countries and um, see what's going on in different countries and learn about their cultures and just how it pertains to leadership. Um, For example, he went from the UK to India. Um, Elementary, he went to, well, I guess it's primary school. He went to a rotary club, but he wanted to really do things that fit him as a person. So, as I said before, he got more of an appreciation out of um, out of college versus, I guess, what we would call grade school here. Um, as I said before, his mother was a teacher and she eventually became, you know, an assistant principal and a principal. Um, because of that, she encouraged her children to Uh, pursue an education and further it. And so his mother said that education is the key to all doors in life. And if you are trying to push your education aside, then you're locking yourself out of life. Um, So she also encouraged them to ask for help if they struggled in school, whether it was her or it was, you know, another teacher. Their influence on me. So my family definitely taught me to not settle for my school's curriculum, um, but to also find seek out knowledge myself as well. Um, they taught me that there's a lot of beauty in the world and so much to be aware of um, as far as politically, because as we all know, like the world is really attacking Black people. Um, and we're not catching it because we're not paying attention. Um, Another thing that I mentioned earlier is that knowledge is freedom. Education is freedom and culture is character building and it is soul filling. So when I talked about my mom showing me um, or taking me to different museums and things like that, those things made me the person who I am today. So I love going to museums and, and learning about different things. I feel like a sponge a lot of the time. So I'm also a lifelong learner as well. Black is brilliant be a student always, um, yeah, always learn. Don't have high, (laughs) I mean, don't have overwhelming expectations of yourself as far as walking into certain spaces, just constantly have the mindset of, I'm here to learn. Um, And then more, more important than any of these things is there is more and you are more, especially as a Black girl in America. There is more to this. You are more than what they're showing. We are more than what they're showing. Lastly, can I relate? So I can definitely relate to being a wanderer as far as my education and wanting to learn a lot more. Um, I can relate to being involved. I was in so many different things despite of maybe not having, you know, constant transportation. And people, my family, thank God they're such an amazing support system. So I was able to do, to do a lot of things. And they were able to do a lot of things um, in their educational journey, whether it was sports or extracurricular activities or just being creative on their own or doing things on their own. Um, learning at an early age that they left out a lot about Black history and that um, the erasure of Blackness is taught. Um, the warm hug that is Black taught and a Black created curriculum. I think all of us can attest to the fact that we had the most powerful and memorable experiences when we learned about Blackness from Black people and were surrounded by Black people. Um, in second and third grade, I my most meaningful experience was being at R.A. Hall because, not R.A. Hall, being at Rolling Hills in Lancaster because they, I had, you know, an amazing Black teacher. They made an effort to um, celebrate Black History Month and we had, you know, projects where we had to dive deep in our family tree and we had, you know, a day and so in Black History Month where we were able to um, participate in teaching people about Black history. I got to be Marian Anderson and I definitely had a long essay of a Wikipedia page printed out about her to read to these people, but I was just so happy to do it and so excited to learn, um, about it. So those are the things that I cherish the most. I don't think I've really truly celebrated Black History Month, in my formal education like that since then. Well, except for now in my HBCU, but yeah. Um, The importance of being around and being taught by people that look like you and having to defend your blackness and womanhood in school or standing up for yourself because um, we've all had experiences where we've had to deal with racism and prejudice. Uh, So you kind of have to, well, you do have to stand up for yourself Um, I've had experiences where I've had a a choir teacher tell me that we had to cater to a white audience um, when our audience was not predominantly white and we couldn't sing, you know, songs by black people. So I've had to stand up for myself in that. I had an experience with a, a white classmate who used to be my friend freshman year of high school and... He criticized the black athletes in our math class because they would always talk. And then he turned to me and said, oh, I'm so glad you're not like one of them. And I was just trying to be quiet because I don't like math. (laughs) I don't like math. And so for him to feel comfortable about saying that to me, and this was during the time when Trump was uh, running for president my senior year of high school before he got elected, Um, to be bold enough to say stuff like that. Like I've had to deal with things like that. I had a white classmate that fetishized black men all the time. (laughs) Like just things like that. So you have to constantly, you know, check people and stand up for it. Because even if you're in a predominantly white space or you're in a diverse space, my school was the melting pot, Little America. But still, the, the white people were the other considered the other as far as like the ethnic and racial demographic but still um the system somehow you know well not somehow it did it obviously was going to sadly prevail or you know seep into some of the students because it's taught at home and it's taught um informal education so yeah but I can definitely relate to my family that is the end of my presentation thank you Artivism Community Art is a production
0: company that creates community-led media. Our products and services accommodate the lack of participation in creative fields among African Americans of all ages by providing resources that teach the philosophy and design of the African diaspora. We help people diverse in age, race, and ethnicity who want to know more about Black culture create their own system of learning by providing resources and tools through our monthly subscription box. Hello, my name is Shatana Powell, founder of Artivism Community Art, located in Houston, Texas. According to a 2019 study by SMU Data Arts, less than 6% of African Americans are employed in creative fields in Houston, Texas. Less than 4% participate in cultural activities, despite the fact that African Americans make up 18% of the population. During our conferences between 2016 to 2020, Artivism Community Art found that the cultural practices of Black and Brown people are not well represented in the arts, culture, and education industry, resulting in a lack of participation and employment in creative fields among African Americans. Our products and services increase representation in the arts by employing Black and Indigenous creators to create and design culturally situated curriculum and art that centers on the cultural lives and histories of Black and Indigenous populations. During our gatherings, both virtual and physical, we display the works and have interactive experiences, increasing opportunities for Black and Indigenous voices to be seen and amplified. To learn more, please visit artivismcommunityart.com. Thank you.